the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity, a radio show and podcast about real faith for the real world. I'm Richard Mendelo, and I'm a little sad because I'm without my wedded wingman today. She's feeling a little under the weather, and I hope you'll say a prayer for her speedy recovery. At the same time as I'm missing Christy, I'm excited because Christmas is upon us. Our Christmas tree is decorated, stockings are hanging from the mantle, and as the world waited just over 2,000 years ago for the birth of the Messiah, so we anxiously wait to celebrate his birth ourselves. And I want you to know, for a Jewish guy celebrating Christmas, our house is rocking. We're doing a great job. I find this time of year so exciting for many reasons, but behind the gifts and the time with family and the music and the cookies and the decorations, there's something much more important on which we must focus. What presents itself in the birth of Jesus is a choice. Sometimes this choice is obvious as God makes his call plain and loud, as he did with me at 39,000 feet flying an airplane when he said, literally out of the blue, you need to learn about Christ. And sometimes the choice is less conspicuous and might just come as a subtle realization that we may have taken years to understand. Uh, I think maybe for some of us, which is more common? I don't know. In any event, either way, as the birth of Jesus presented the world with a choice over 2,000 years ago, it presents each of us with a choice to this day. What is that choice? In Christ, we have a chance to pursue a whole different kind of life, not in slavery to the world or in confusion or in service to self, but in the concrete, abundant love of God, in the forgiveness given freely to those who believe in His Son, and in the light of the truth. It's a choice between self or service, the temporary or the eternal, the twisted ways of man, or the straight path of God. So right now, as we're talking, in all that we see and hear around us, the lights, the decorations, the hustle and the bustle of the season, the music, and the special time for family, God is presenting us with a choice. So let me ask you, what do you want your time on earth to be about? What choice will you make this season and throughout 2024? Will this be a seminal choice, a choice that affects everything that comes after it? Will we keep doing the same things we've been doing? 
that is the choice that faces us. That is the opportunity that we have. And so I think you'll agree this is certainly a very special time of year. And here to help us celebrate and to talk about this season is Pastor Alec Brunson and Pastor Ryan Parker of Pillar Church in Conroe, Texas. And I invited one of them, and I got both of them. So this is uh, just a brilliant gift, gentlemen. Welcome, both of you. Thanks Thanks so much for having us. Happy to be here. Amen. Would you pray for us? I would love to. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have um, to worship you with our whole lives. Lord, and that's what we want. We want you to be glorified in our lives. We want you to be glorified in this conversation. We want you to be glorified in this season. We want the name of Jesus to be lifted up as we remember uh, his coming and as we long for his second coming. And Lord, we just uh, cry out to you. And um, Lord, we ask, uh, just as we're going to talk about, that we you would help us to make the choice to follow you uh, with our whole heart for all of our days. So be with us now. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Exciting times. As pastors of a church, what do you think about at this time of year? It's a great question. I, uh, if I'm honest, I have never been a huge Christmas guy. I don't know why. I've never been a huge fan of the music. I think that's really what it is. And, uh, and I don't know. There's a part of me that, that, I fear for our people that we will, to use the cliche, not keep the reason for the season in mind. It is a constant fear that I have. However, I have been I've been fighting. I've been trying to enjoy the Christmas season more and um, you know soak it up for what it is, and to try and keep our focus on Jesus and and make sure. Uh, that we as pastors are uh, funneling all of the the fun and the energy and the enjoyment and making sure that we're focused on the right thing. And so that's been my kind of uh, desire for myself and for our people. And uh, I am enjoying this time. And one thing that I'll, I'll say that I've kind of learned recently that I think has helped is this whole season of Advent. And, you know, I don't know for a listener uh, what kind of church background or tradition or lack thereof you come from. Uh, you know, in mine, I didn't really grow up going to church, so this whole church calendar season thing is not, is rather foreign to me. But as I learn more about it, I actually really appreciate that the season of Advent leading up to Christmas, these four weeks, yes, we are remembering when Jesus came first, his first coming, his first Advent, you know, on that Christmas morning, but also during this time we are longing for his second coming. Mm-hmm. We're longing for him to come again and to make everything right. And so putting all those things together really has made this season come alive, which I've been happy to share and, and point other people to as well, which has been uh, really sweet. What about having kids? Does that change things? Uh, yes, it does. We have a four-year-old boy and a two-year-old girl, and it is certainly fun. Actually, we, we came down, uh, my wife spent a lot of time wrapping up some of their presents the other night and we woke up and they, they are now old enough to kind of come downstairs on their own. And they had already opened up some of their gifts. <laughs> We're like, what are you doing, man? He's like, well, we didn't know. And so anyway, oh, uh, but it's, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're reaching that stage too. So yes, it is a lot of fun that really helps 
uh, kind of illuminate this season in a, in a new way. Let me tell you about the whole we didn't know thing. My dog says all the time, his excuse for everything is that he doesn't have thumbs. Yeah, And, right. you know, I just don't, but we didn't know <laughs> yeah. I don't have thumbs. It's like, what do you mean you can't sweep the garage? You're a dog. Yeah, come on. I think yeah. I taught once at the Marine Corps Fighter Weapons School and this big auditorium of the Marine Corps' absolute best and brightest. And when the CO of the school introduced me, he reminded the people in the audience to keep the main thing the main thing. Mm-hmm. And these are gunfighters. These are every best guy and girl from every best squadron. And so I'm totally tracking what you're saying. Let's keep the main thing the main thing. This is about the birth of Jesus Christ, Savior of the world. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I think we can enjoy the season provided we are careful not to get it all twisted up. So I, I, I think your caution, your concern is totally reasonable. Keep the main thing the main thing. And then at the same time, let there be joy, let there be dancing, let right. there be singing all in praise to the Lord. That's right. Yeah, we're, that's, that's what it's about. That's what we're celebrating in, in the Lord's providence we were preaching through the gospel of Mark as a church and yesterday, which was the second Sunday of Advent, our message was on Mark four and we did verses one through 20, which is the parable of the sower or the parable of the soils. And, um, you know, listeners, you may know that, that particularly the, the soil, the thorny soil, uh, it, it was, um, it felt a little harsh for the Christmas season, but it's a good warning that the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the pursuit or cares for other things can choke the word. Uh, but if the word, if we're letting the word take root, if who Jesus is and what he has done is is getting down deep in our hearts and we're allowing those deep roots to go, well, then all the joy and the celebration of the Christmas season, it's, you know, it's the proverbial cherry on top when when the gifts and the stuff and the fun can all uh, flow out of deep roots in Christ, well, let's go. I'm all. I'm all for it. Amen. What came to me was pursue you first the kingdom of righteousness, mm-hmm. and all these all things, these will, things be will be added, added unto you. So, mm-hmm. focus on Jesus, what He brought to us, and then all the other stuff—the presents, the wrapping, the the giving, the joy for others, and also the lifting up of those who are less fortunate this season. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't think about the fact that this has been a very hard year. Mm-hmm. We have economic difficulties for people that might be changing the character of Christmas in their house. And what I learned as a kid is a lot of times that stuff's a blessing. Right. <clears throat> I think we've seen tremendous violence. We've seen tremendous uh, attacks on the kingdom of God, God's chosen people, and also uh, those who are supposed to be standing with God's people who have revealed themselves to be uh, enemies. And so I think all of that is kind of sort of the context Mm -hmm. of this season. And so I think we're right to, to say, okay, not diminishing that, get it? But here we have uh, the coming to earth of God personified, Emmanuel, God among us, uh, that he would care 
so much. Who are we that he cares about us? Pastor mm-hmm. Ryan, your thoughts. You know, and, and I keep thinking back to something that you said, Alec, but to set that up, I heard someone say recently that the Christmas season, the highs become even higher and the lows become even lower. And so not to get swept away in that high, but also not to get bogged down in the low. And so it's important to, yes, remember his first coming, but also it's twofold to also remember his second coming. And so we see his faithfulness and that he did what he said he was going to do, but also that he is coming again. And so for, for both of those, the high highs and the low lows, we have the same hope to look forward to mm-hmm. in Christ. Yeah. Friends, you may remember a couple of weeks ago, our show was my teaching for the Old Testament class that Pastor Alec is the professor of. And I had said that Christy and my reason for taking the class was to know God better, to have a more intimate uh, understanding and the class exceeded our expectations in every way. And so what we're thinking about now is all of the promises that God has made to his little creations, people who he sees with such focus and meticulous care and attention to detail, and he keeps his promises. The Old Testament has hundreds and hundreds of promises, and he's kept them all. And so this is an exciting time, Jesus having come is exciting. Jesus coming again is exciting. All of it in intimacy with this loving Father who shaped a world and cares deeply for us. And so I hope you feel deeply cared about. Friends, stay with us. We'll be right back. God's Word says that He loves a cheerful giver. You've probably heard that part of Scripture often quoted when it comes to tithing. Friends, we'd like you to consider your cheerful giving to God through Courageous Christianity. With your tax-deductible donation, you will be helping us achieve our mission to equip Christian men for the spiritual battlefield in order to glorify God and create godly change. No amount is too small. You can make a donation by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. 4940 or visit today. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of host Richard Mindelow's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity, a devotional that will equip you in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit for you, you can also donate and find more information about the Courageous Christianity ministry, links to all the aired shows, a blog for Christian warriors, and an opportunity to submit prayer requests at CourageousChristianity.today. Please donate and be a part of sustaining our efforts in serving our Heavenly Father by serving His warriors on the spiritual battlefield. Please text to donate at 281-800-4940 or visit CourageousChristianity.today. God bless you. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are speaking with Pastor Alec Brunson and Pastor Ryan Parker of Pillar Church in Conroe about Christmas. And it's this weekend, and here we are finishing up maybe a little bit of shopping, doing a little bit of stuff. People are coming into the airport. Uh, Please God, they travel safely, and it's an amazing time. And in the first segment, we talked a little bit about how it's a choice. 
And、uh, it's a big choice. It's a life and death choice. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, Do not suppose that I come to bring peace. I do not to come to bring peace, but a sword. I will put a man against his father, a daughter against her mother. And what he's saying there is this choice. And so we talked earlier about how that affects everything, how it's life and death, how we either make a choice for the world and the things of the world, or we make a choice in faith. And I think, I forget the exact scripture, but it says, Friends with the world is enmity with God. So this choice is serious. You will either be of the world or you will be of God, pursuing God. Trying to make everything you do look godly, be godly. And what came to me was James saying, Faith without works is dead.、Mm-hmm. Well, how do people know about our faith? By our works. How does our faith come to, to light?、Uh, how is it personified? And so, as we're running around doing our last minute Christmas shopping and all, how does our faith come to light?、Mm-hmm. That's a great question. What, what comes to mind as you say that is the idea of priorities.、Um, you know, the, our, our faith, as you've said, Rich, has to impact every area of our lives.、Um, it has to impact, you know, the way that we parent our kids, the way that we treat our neighbors, the way that we engage with coworkers, the way, you know, go down the line. Uh, of what our faith must impact in the way we have conversations. And yes, even our conduct in the mall on the weekend、uh, before Christmas.、Uh, what if it's、here. the only shirt in my size? That's right. Well, yeah, you can, you can throw a little elbow if, it's, if absolutely <laughs> necessary in love. Yeah. yeah. yeah.、Um, no, I'm kidding, but it, it must. Our, our faith, as you've said, is when Jesus came, he, he put us to. A decision. And yes, we celebrate the coming of the little baby in, the, you know, in our nativity scenes. And yes, but it is, it is much bigger than that. You know, you can't have,、um, what do they say? You can't, have,、uh, you can't have the cradle without the cross in the background, right? What he came to do is always there and,、um, and is in the story. And what he did has to impact every area of our lives, which means our priorities are different. The way we interact, the way we live is completely different. Two things come to me. Number one, we were decorating yesterday, and Christy took her family's nativity scene from Indonesia out of the box. And it was the first time I'd seen it. And little baby Jesus, he has everything but a beard. He looks like he's about 37. <laughs> and I said to her, I don't know what your family was up to and why baby Jesus seems like he's 37. But yeah, I, thing- I think that's better than the Fisher Price one where he's blonde hair, blue eyes, and you know, whiter than snow with skin. So, maybe、um, yeah. hopefully, the Indonesian one's、okay. at least a little bit. I don't more, want him、uh, to look like a cabbage patch kid, yeah, but、right. I also don't want、right. him to look like a biker. Yeah, right. Good, good call. The other thing that comes to me is I think Aristotle said, You are what you do repeatedly. And so, sometimes in faith, we think if we do the big things, we're good to go. To use a Marine Corps expression, we're good to go. But in my mind, We're then sometimes left asking, well, if I want to be more like this, how do I do it? The irony is, it's in the little things.、Mm-hmm. When we were preparing for Afghanistan, my team, I would talk to them about the little things. If you can't do the little things, you can't do the big things. And sometimes people in the church think, all I got to do is the big things. So, yes, we must tithe. We 
uh, must try to observe the Sabbath. We must try to do all of these things. But it's in the little things where our faith comes to the forefront and we let that person go in front of us even though we know this is the last shirt in the size we need. Mm -hmm. Uh, We give them a break. And then if we have the opportunity, we say, Jesus would want me to pay for your coffee. Jesus would want me to give you that parking spot. And if you think it, if you express it to me, that's how we get where we're trying to go, Mm -hmm. which is lives changed by Christ. Right. Yeah, that's good. It reminds me of uh, a verse that we quote often, you know, 1 Timothy 4, 7, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. And discipline, if you think about it, that's a word where we get our word gymnasium, right? When you think about exercising, right? When you're working out, you're not strong right off the bat. You know, it takes time, Mm. energy, effort, work, consistent, putting in the effort, doing the little things, and then on down the line, of putting out that effort, putting in the work, then you're changed at the end. And that's the process of the spiritual disciplines in our lives. And uh, certainly during this season, it can be easy to focus on other things and uh, let our minds wander. Uh, But little practices, things that we can do to practice godliness, to discipline ourselves, uh, will be helpful. And I think about rhythms, I think about priorities, I think about you know, traditions, the things that we do around the Christmas time uh, can go toward uh, cultivating godliness in our lives. And, um, you know, I know some families that do things like, uh, you know, we're uh, the gifts we're going to get this year, we're going to do, you know, something you want, something you need, and something that's going to help you grow spiritually, right? Mm-hmm. And when we build that into our kids, like what we care most about is not just you getting the latest, greatest, best toy. We care about your spiritual life. That's right. what we care most about. And right. so even during this season, focusing on those little things, like you said, Rich, can be uh, something that builds in um, this idea that there's something more important. The most important thing is our relationship to Christ. Absolutely. And uh, it's hard because we talked about the context is one of struggle. We talked about, I've told that story often about, are you at the shopping mall or are you on the battlefield? And the truth is the Shopping malls also on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's hard, and the context is hard. And at the same time, that's what makes good so awesome. That's what makes patience so awesome. The world wants us to be what's left when the marketers and the advertisers and uh, the corporations and the politicians are done with us. But if we can choose who we want to be, we make that choice. I want to be a man of God, and a man of God does these things, and each day I'm going to try to do some or all of those things. I know I won't be perfect. I know I'm going to fall down. And as soon as I fall down, I'll hold myself accountable, and I'll say, dude, that was kind of not kind. Uh, Let's not do that again. Uh, Maybe you have to pray for the person that you just saluted on the freeway. Um, Whatever the case, it's not easy. Mm. But it does come to life when we do these little things. And what I've noticed is when I do the things of God, I feel best about myself. Right. When I do the things of the world, I feel worst about myself. Do you all? (laughs) Yeah. No, absolutely. But in in what you're saying about... You know, we were joking about taking the last T-shirt or the parking spot and and how it is difficult because it is right. We're these are 
last second decisions that we're making. We're trying to get the last second presence and that perfect toy for the kid or whatever it is. But just like we said earlier, if we have our priorities lined up correctly, according to scripture, not according to what we think God might may want or not, he left us with his word so that we would know. Once we have our priorities lined up, now those situations that probably will occur now become gospel opportunities. Hey, like you said, the world's expecting us to act or react a certain way. So when you don't freak out, when they take the last whatever it is, or your parking spot or, or whatever it is, they're going, wait a minute, why are you so calm? Like, why? wait, you didn't need that last whatever this is or not? And you're going, no. And they're going, how come? Hey, can I tell you about Jesus? Right? Yeah. It's that opportunity that they're going, and that's what the scripture says in 1 Peter 3.15, always be ready to give a reason for the hope that is within you. To give a reason for the hope that is within you, well, we need to be living in such a way to where someone would ask, why are you living in that way? Why, what is your hope? What is different about you? Can I tell you about Christ? Amen. I had an amazing uh, opportunity at Nordstrom's. Uh, maybe a week ago, I was there trying to get a little gift for Christy. And what I found out is that if you're a guy in Nordstrom's in a ladies' department, good luck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I felt like every lady was walking up and getting helped. And I stood there quite politely for a long time and nothing happened. And uh, I felt my temperature rising. But I'm thinking the whole time, I'm not going to be out here being uh, that guy that makes Jesus look bad. And eventually I said to the lady, I'd like to see your the store manager. And uh, she went and got this lady from another department and brings her over, like throwing her under the bus totally, <laughs> and says, here, I don't have time to mess with this guy. He wants to talk to the store manager. And all I wanted to say was, hey – we should wait on all of our customers and that would be kind and that would be right. In any event, this poor lady who gets thrown under the bus comes over and what an amazing meeting. For the next 30 minutes, I had the most amazing time with a most amazing person, mm. a ray of sunshine, uh, this bright, amazing smile, this desire to just be helpful. And while everything around her is kind of sort of topsy-turvy and people are frustrated, I actually asked her if I could take a picture of her because I just wanted to remember this face. And that instance just reminds us that what makes this season rich and beautiful and um, everything that it's supposed to be is when we bring Jesus mm -hmm. to all the things that we're doing. Right. Because it's in his name that we're supposed to be doing all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I totally agree with you. Always be ready to give an account of your faith. Keep yourself in check so that, because remember there's an Old Testament uh, proverb that says, my name is blasphemed among pagans because of you. Mm -hmm. So don't be that guy either. And it's just exciting. And friends, if you stay with us, we'll be back with more exciting Christmas message. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mindelo, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. 
Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Right here, right here. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. We're talking with pastors Alec Brunson and Ryan Parker from Pillar Church about Christmas. It's days away, celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and also looking forward with anticipation to his coming. And so we talked a little bit about keep the main thing the main thing. We talked a little bit about our faith should infuse everything we do at all times, especially during the holiday season. And it begs the question, if I want to keep the main thing the main thing, what is the main thing? What are we talking about here? And the scripture that pops into my head is, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls." I think I speak for 90%, 99%, 95% of the people out there when I say, do we not want peace? Do we not want rest? Do we not want help with the burdens of this very difficult life so that we can walk a good walk? And Jesus is the answer to all of these questions. There is no peace apart from him. We are spiritual beings on earth for a short time. And so our only peace would necessarily be in our home identity, in our spiritual nature. And so, Pastor Alec, what is the best way to explain that, do you think? Yeah, it's a great 
That's a great question. When we're thinking about keeping the main thing, the main thing, you know, saying Jesus is the reason for the season, there's all these cliches that uh, that we throw around. But what's what's really underneath that? What's, what's really going on? What matters most? What's wh- what is what is the deeper reality there? And I think a lot of times when we think about Christmas and we think about the things that we might just that kind of might be ho hum. You know, the songs we sing, the things that we say. I think about one of my favorite Christmas Christmas hymns is Joy to the World um, because of the message that it is. And then I also think about, you know, some of the, the more well-known verses around Christmas, like uh, in Luke 2, where there is the announcement from the heavenly host, and they say, glory to God in the highest and, and, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And so what is truly being offered in Christ, what Christmas really means, the main thing is that what is available to you by faith is joy and peace, Mm -hmm. joy and peace. And those two words that are signified and offered to us in Christ and through Christmas um, means that no matter what is going on in my life, no matter the circumstances, no matter the uh, physical suffering and pain that I'm going through or somebody else is going through, no matter the financial situation I find myself in, no matter the fill-in-the-blank, whatever your situation is that you're walking through, what is offered to you through faith in Christ is true joy and true peace. There can be internal calm. There can be internal peace. You know, when you think about the wind and the waves make things crazy, but a nice still, still waters, right? That's, that's peaceful. Um, that can be your soul. If you would come to Christ, like a Matthew, Matthew eleven twenty eight, like you quoted rich. And so, um, that's what's that's what's really underneath it. And what I wouldn't want for us to do is to go through another Christmas season, uh, singing the same Christmas hymns, singing joy to the world, hearing Luke two read, and hearing about the peace that is offered uh, to to those who would come to Christ in faith, and not actually take a second to think about what does this really look like in my life. Amen. Mm. There's a Hertz commercial. And uh, Tom Brady is oh, in it, right. and <laughs> he's like, this lady is spinning a wheel and saying, you want a trip to Denver in an electric vehicle, and she ushers him into the car and closes the door, and he's looking really confused, and he kind of sort of reaches out the window to, toward the audience, like where you're sitting, and he says, what is happening here? And I think it's so important what you've explained because if you think friends what is happening here Mm. what is happening is that we live in a dark struggling world the devil opposes god and everything godly and from genesis chapter 3 verse 1 he has taken god's word and twisted it and people have lost sight of the relationship that we can have with God in Genesis chapter 2, where 
God had Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, this intimate relationship that fulfills us on our deepest, deepest level. And everything after that relationship, everything other than that relationship, is is an attempt to replace that relationship with right. something. I think a lot about the self-medication that we see in the world, whether it's working too much or womanizing or drinking or pursuing money. And I'm not sitting here in judgment, friends, because I lived four decades of my life in that place, and it's still an easy place to fall back to because the world wants you very much to go there because that's what the devil wants because he doesn't want you in an intimate, loving relationship with God. And so what we know is that after that sin, that initial intimate loving relationship with God was interrupted and the devil has been working ever since in every way possible to ensure that it stays interrupted. But in Christ, we are ushered back into that relationship, into that opportunity where we can be one-on-one with God in the morning before the kids wake up and with our Bible and at the airport as we wait. And I am awestruck by that. First, that God would want to have a relationship with me. Mm -hmm. Second, that he would plan from before the world the bridge that is Christ that allows me to leave this world and walk back to him. I'm I'm awestruck by that. Well, that's what Christmas is, is the uh, God taking on flesh. The word became flesh and, and dwelt among us. He is Emmanuel, God with us. This is exactly what you're talking about. Jesus coming, God in the flesh coming, is the beginning, when it comes to our understanding of time, is the beginning of that work to restore everything back, to make everything uh, perfect, to restore what we lost uh, through our sin. And that is exactly what our nativities and the decorations and the lights and the candlelight services at church, that's what all of it really is about. If we want to get down to it, it is God himself coming and rescuing his people and making everything right again. So amazing. I love the word you used was, that's what God is offering. That's what's offered to you in Christ. And it's so gently offered. It's so kindly offered. This invitation to a banquet with God Mm. where the table is piled high and there are all these other people and they're also just off the street sitting at this table. And God looks at us like a father looks at his son and he wants to know us Mm. and he wants to care about us. And I had a good father and I've said this before. Sometimes maybe it's easier for me to picture God as a loving father because I had such a sweet a sweet father. And I understand that if your experience with God is one of religiosity or if you had a difficult relationship with your father, maybe it's harder. But we know this is true. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find Knock, and the door will be opened to you. 
For he who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be open. And then it goes on to say this, What father, if his child asks for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, would give him a snake? If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your Father in heaven know how to give good gifts to you? And that's what we're talking about here. That's the Father who wants a relationship with us, who looks at us over this banquet table, whatever's there, and wants to know us. And he wants to give us what we ask in Jesus' name that's, that's good for us and necessary for us. And as I said before, I'm awestruck by that. Um, but friends, I hope that's what you'll hear is that wherever you are and however you're feeling, the shortest distance between you and God is Jesus Christ and that Bible that tells you about him. Uh, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And if we infuse all we do with that feeling that we're loved by the creator of the universe and he's a loving father as his works have demonstrated throughout time and... Uh, we can bring that to the world around us that's struggling, uh, these amazing caregivers in the name of Christ. That's right. That's, uh, I mean, a hearty amen to everything that you just shared. And then that last that last little bit reminded me of another song that we often sing, Go Tell It on the Mountain. And uh, that's also uh, part of, uh, I think, the core of, of Christmas is not just look at what he did, but now let's take what he did and take it to the world. Yeah. Amen. I was getting ready to speak in a church, and I was sitting below the dias, and I was level with the feet of the choir, and they were all wearing uh, like ankle length robes. And in, I was looking at the sandals and the shoes and those little feet, and I thought to myself, how beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who bring good news, friends. That's the gospel. Stay with us. Recently, Ryan Reed was a guest on Courageous Christianity, and we want you to know more about his jiu-jitsu gym. Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is a place where you'll find good people and great jiu-jitsu. Whether you are training to learn self-defense, to get in shape, looking for a new hobby, or want to compete, Gracie Jiu-Jitsu in Huntsville, Texas has something for you. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com to learn more and to get your two-week free trial. Log on to GracieUmaitaHuntsville.com today. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Now is the time to join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to MyFaithVotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow, and that's me. 
My trusty wedded wingman, Christy Mendelo, is not here with us today. This is only the second show she's ever missed of 204. She's under the weather, and our love and prayers go out to her for a quick recovery. We are speaking about Christmas with Pastor Alec Brunson and Ryan Parker of Pillar Church. And I'd just like to say, if you're in the North Woodlands, Conroe area, and you need a church that is focused on the Word of God and reverent about the Word of God and compassionate and uh, fun and just genuinely a great place that you could call home, I would ask you to find Pillar Church on 336 South Loop, right by I-45 across the street from Torchy's Tacos. And uh, these two gentlemen are really doing a brilliant job of bringing the gospel to life and helping that church to be a blessing in the community. So we're talking about Christmas. We're talking about keeping the main thing the main thing. And Pastor Ryan. Yes, and, and thank you for those kind words, by the way. As we're, as we're talking about Christmas and, we're, you know, Alec, you mentioned joy and peace and those things. I'm also thinking about gifts, right? We started the show talking about the person you might be listening to this right now in the car, on the podcast, whatever, going to buy those last second gifts and whatever it is. Um, and immediately the Lord brought to mind Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine. And I'll go ahead and read them for you. It says, God saved you by his grace when you believed and you cannot take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. I read that in a slightly different version on purpose because that's Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. It's for by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not uh, of your own doing, but it is a gift from God. We can hear those things in, in similar tone to how we can go through the motions of Christmas and how a lot of these things are very familiar to us. Um, part of what we're doing is we want us to be able to to see what's important and the main thing's the main thing. And and another part of that is, as I'm thinking about, man, how do I get this inner joy, this inner peace that you're talking about when everything's crazy around me? What do I need to do to get that, right? That's where my mind goes, especially as a man. What, okay, I need to take action. What do I need to do? And here in the upside down kingdom of Jesus, uh, what we're talking about here is, what he's saying is, what I just read is, there's nothing that you can do. There's nothing that you can provide. There's nothing that you can pay for or earn or work towards or whatever it is. But this is something that God has done through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus for sinners like myself, uh, like you listening to this program right now, that this is a gift from God that he has given us. And, and as I'm thinking about gifts, um, when, as you receive and even give gifts this Christmas season, if someone's giving you a gift, you don't go, oh, hey, thanks so much. And then you pull out your wallet and then, and then pay them back or, or whatever it is. It's a gift to receive. And when, whenever with this gift of salvation, if we take it and go, okay, thanks God. Uh, now I got it from here or, or whatever it is, we've completely missed it that there's nothing that we can bring to the table is, is, a, is a factor of humility 
and knowing that we're spiritually bankrupt. And all that we can do to respond to this good work is to receive it like gifts. Uh, amen. Um, in the first couple words of Jesus' ministry, he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This is the very, very, very beginning. He's just been baptized by John. And so when you speak to the humility of not trying to pay for this gift, it's a vulnerable place. It makes mm-hmm. you kind of feel weird, um, unless you're the guy who goes out to dinner and always forgets his wallet, oh. in which case maybe it feels better to you, but don't be that guy. Um <laughs> But it's meant to feel weird. It's meant to feel vulnerable where you say, wow, I want to live a changed life. I I want to be worthy of this gift from whom much is given, much is demanded, and from whom much is entrusted, even more will be asked. I want Jesus to be proud of me. I want God to look down on me and say, hey, bud, I know it's hard, and I know you've been a lot of places, and I know there's been a lot of pain, but I see you, and I see how hard you're trying, and I'm proud of you. That is available to us in Christ. I will tell you a story. Um, Years ago, I was going through a divorce in my own life, and I was staying in a hotel down the road from my uh, family's house, and it was Christmas, and it was this little hotel room. And I was feeling very sorry for myself and having a lot of trouble. Um, And I came back to my hotel room, and there was a guy standing outside his door, and my door was next to his door. And uh, he said to me, where do you live? And I said, "Uh, well, my house is up the street, but I'm not living in my house. And he said, me too. And so please hear that... We're not throwing out religious platitudes. We're not throwing out these lofty things that are going to be over your head that you can't reach and grasp. God would not do that. He has taken great pains, in fact, to humble himself and bring himself to this earth, to give up his divinity momentarily, to say, I will live in your context, in your uh, constraints, so as to be available to you, among you, so as to show you how all of this works. And he knows it's hard, and he knows that life takes us a lot of places, and sometimes we do better than others, and sometimes we make a mess of things, and sometimes we're living in a hotel down the road from our family and our house on Christmas. And so I just want you to know that you're loved by the creator of the universe who gave us his son, And wherever you are, that is available to you. At the nearest church in the nearest Bible, that's available to you. And that's the truth. And that brings us to our moment of truth. As you know, in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at a scripture which informs our discussion. And today's scripture also comes from some of Jesus' earliest words as he begins his ministry in John chapter 1, verse 38. Two of John the Baptist's disciples left John the Baptist to follow after Jesus. It's known to be Andrew and believed to be John. And Jesus senses them following him. And he turns around and he looks at them and he says, What do you want? So friends, 
That's what we're talking about here. What do you want? By his birth and life, Jesus asks each of us that question. What do you want? Think about it. Jesus promises that in him we can have abundant, meaningful, eternal life. If we'd rather have the things of the world, then we can have the things of the world. That's a choice we're free to make. God gives us that choice. It's true. If we want, we can pursue the things of the world that the world says are important, which are generally 180 degrees out from what God says is important. And then we spend the rest of our lives trying to hang on to those things, knowing that they won't bring us true joy and that they are gradually going to slip through our fingers, but it's what we've devoted our lives to. Think about it. Have you ever heard of a lottery winner who ended up happy? What about celebrities? Picture those celebrities. Do any of them look really happy and filled with joy to you? A lot of sports uh, celebrities, guys who are amazing athletes and who try and spend their lives hanging on to that. Those who pursue money, who pursue power, and those who pursue fame will at best, for a little while, have money, power, and fame. People who choose the world and the things of the world will spend their lives trying to hold on to what eventually slips away from everyone. I heard somebody say recently that nobody gets out of this world alive. It's only in the love and forgiveness of Christ, in the abundant life he offers, and in service to him that our lives take on eternal meaning, getting richer and fuller in the people we love. That's how all of this works. People in businesses that strive to lift people up live on in the people they lift up. People who serve others live on in the people they serve. In Christ, the more you give away, the more you have. So ask yourself seriously as you think about 2024, as you think about where this season is taking you and your family, what do you want? Do you want peace? Do you want rest? Do you want lasting joy? Do you want a sense of purpose in your life? Do you want to invest yourself in things that last? As you make the choice to make Jesus your Lord and Savior of your life, you can have all of that and so much more. It's your choice, and this is the season to make that choice. And that's courageous Christianity. So Pastor Alec, Pastor Ryan, Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's a gift that you would give of your time. And I know our listeners appreciate very much your being here. It's been a joy. Thanks so much. Merry Christmas to you, and thank you. Thank you. Friends, from all of us at Courageous Christianity, Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM, KKHT The Word, in Houston, Texas, at kkht.com on your favorite podcast app or on CourageousChristianity.today where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We're honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.